Imagine the show Friends comes back after 20 years. The cast poster shows Monica, Rachel, Phoebe, Ross, Chandler, no Joey, and four new characters. So no one told me life was gonna be this way. Clap, clap, clap. We expect certain things from our favorite shows, and when they break their structure, it's jarring, like seeing your therapist at the grocery store. That's how I feel about the Sex and the City reboot, and just like that. Welcome to Overthinking in Your Underwear, the show where we overthink everything from self-love to reality TV. I'm Lindsay, author of Overthinking in Your Underwear, the book, and now the podcast. And every week, I share whatever I'm overthinking with you. And now, back to the pod. First, let me tell you, I've been watching and re-watching Sex in the City since the late 90s and hanging on every Manolo. I love Sex in the City. It may be why I moved to New York years ago. The romance, the fashion, the brunch. Which brings me to what the reboot gets wrong. No brunch. No boozy laughs around a cocktail table. Sex in the City was made around telling the stories of Carrie, Charlotte, Miranda, and Samantha coming together to share their lives around these tables. And just like that, loses this togetherness. It feels like disparate stories of characters we barely know. Where's the omelets? Where's the cosmos? Where's the snarky banter from Carrie as she steals a fry off Miranda's plate? The representation of it all. I see the representation in the reboot, and I love it. Any show, especially a show set in New York, is richer and more interesting and does the audience a solid by representing the people who live there in a real way. But this isn't about representation. This is about the rule of too many characters on screen. Or that's what I would call it if I was teaching a screenwriting course in a dusty basement of a New York warehouse to a group of burned out creatives, a class which I may or may not have attended Tuesday nights over a decade ago, taught by a teacher with one lifetime movie credit to his resume. But back to my rule. Roll call. Sarita Chowdhury as Seema. Seema is the natural replacement for the Kim Cattrall character. She's glamorous, sexy, sophisticated, and she delivers a line like Samantha Persson. Seema doesn't break by rule of too many characters because she moves effortlessly into our foursome and we're back at our brunch table. Round of mimosas over here. Clickbait lumps every sin of the reboot onto Che Diaz, a.k.a. the actor Sarah Ramirez. Last season, admittedly, Che was given some of the cringiest dialogue, but that isn't Sarah's fault. This season, the writers smoothed out the edges into a more three-dimensional character. To me, Che's not part of the foursome. They're a partner and a love interest. I like the storyline. I like Che. Che Diaz is not the problem. The problem is, say it with me, the role of too many characters. Last season, we saw the actor Bobby Lee, named Jackie on the show, banter with Carrie as podcast host. Now he's graduated to friend and side character. I've been a longtime fan of this comedian, and he fills the space left by our beloved Stanny. Bobby Lee stays because he doesn't violate our rule of too many characters, occupying an open space left by the actor Willie Garrison. Which, unfortunately, and it pains me to say, brings me to Nicole Ari Parker as Lisa Todd Wexley and the actress Karen Pittman as Dr. Nia Wallace. Extra credit and regret because Christopher Jackson from Hamilton plays Wexley's husband. 
I find myself engrossed in these actors as they come on screen and simultaneously trying to relate them back to our main gals. Does Nicole's character even know Carrie? Has Nia ever met Charlotte? They seem like separate lives and different friend groups. They break my rule, which is how we find ourselves at too many characters, too few brunches, and too confused an audience. Can we give Nicole and Karen their own show? I'd watch it. I lived in New York when I was 35 with wild, blonde, curly hair. And not once, not even for half a block, did I run down the street in a tutu balancing on the stems of three-inch heels while whistling for a cab. It's fantasy. It's aspiration. It's a look at a life we wish we had. Brunches with a tight-knit group of friends. Happy hours that don't only exist in the back and forth of a group chat. And fashion that Carrie pulls off as we pull on our sweatpants to enjoy another episode. So an XOXO to the writers. I love Sex in the City. I love the movies. I love the reboot. When you create a show so big and meaningful to your fans, they feel they need to discuss it, debate it, and blog about it. It's because they're intertwined with the show in a meaningful way. And just like that, you know you've created something pretty amazing. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I have a special conversation with my friend Ashley, Ashley Pooh. She is a devout Sex and the City fan, and we found ourselves at coffee a few weeks ago, and I started to tell her my rule of too many characters, of course, and she jumped all over me because she is loving every second of the reboot, so I knew we could have an interesting conversation about it, and here we go. What do you think the obligatory question is? Do I like big? Are you, ooh, that's a good one. But the obligatory question is, are you a Carrie? Are you a Miranda? Are you a a Charlotte? Are you a Samantha? Um, I am most definitely a Miranda. Yeah, I was going to say. 100% through and through. Um, And obviously you're a Carrie. I I hope you identify that way because I think it's clear to everyone. Yeah, I'm a Carrie. Um, I've always identified with Miranda. Yeah. And you think practical, mm-hmm. she works hard. Like she always kind of prioritized and focused on building that career. Like she wasn't sure if she wanted to have a family. I felt that same way. Mm-hmm. It was just something that, you know, you grow into and you evolve and become, but I have to say, have you watched the two new episodes that have been released? Yes. Okay. So you're secretly a lesbian. I am secretly a lesbian. No, when she was getting out of that uh, hydrotherapy chamber, yes, I've never felt more seen <laughs> as a Miranda. I mean, I did it once, and I had the exact same reaction. Seriously. Oh, yeah. It's not for me. Like, we're not still quiet people. Yeah. Like, always thinking, but... Yeah. I mean, the physical you're the comedy re- of it. Yeah, yeah you're the reasonable friend. Yeah, I can I see you. So. Yeah, oh, definitely. I can see you as Miranda, for sure. Practical. I mean, she, I feel like she never runs too hot or too cold, but mm-hmm. everyone, I think, wants to be a Carrie because she's, like, then you're the star of your own life. Right. But sure. I'm happy to just be the steadfast friend. Yeah, and as a, as a Carrie, okay, so... I think I've written about this before, but I have, I, I straighten it a lot now, but I had, I literally had Carrie's hair. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and especially when the show was on. So I would go sometimes to like a restaurant and people would go, oh, Carrie Bradshaw walked in. And I'm like, okay, okay. Which of course I actually loved when people said that. 100%. Like, I'm not going to lie. What like, a I, I kind of go, okay, yeah, whatever. Which like seriously, of course I loved it. But it was the hair. I mean, I literally had that hair. You have amazing hair. Well, thank you. Thank you. And now when you get older, this is the thing that sucks about like, this is the thing that you, no one tells you about getting older, but when you get older, your hair changes. And I had crazy curly hair when I was younger and you kind of fought against it. I fought against it. And then my hair changed. And now it's like not as cool. It doesn't have that same texture, which I kind of wonder if that's why they straighten Carrie's hair now. Yeah. Like I wonder if Sarah Jessica's hair changed too. And she doesn't quite have the same curl, but that happened to me. So now I straighten it more because I just don't have that same mane. But back to when the show was on, I had that hair. So everyone was always, and I was a writer, am still. So people were always just very much like you're a Carrie. And now I, you're a podcaster. Now, oh my God, I didn't even really <laughs> think about that. Oh my God. Um, but I didn't have, obviously didn't have the fashion and I didn't have the sex life. I'll just be clear, I did not. I know this because Ash and I talk a lot about Bravo. We talk about our love of TV, our love of books. But tell me your relationship to Sex and the City because I know you've loved it for as long as I have, for 20 years. Yeah. So I actually didn't watch it live when it was on mm. because I was in college when it was finaleing. You know, nobody had cable. Nobody had HBO. It was mm -hmm. a luxury. So I waited until I was in my early 20s when I moved into my first, you know, apartment out of, out of college. And I started watching it on DVD. Oh my gosh. Um, so were you ordering it from Netflix? Like flips? Yeah. Like, um, opening the, packs. opening the whole pack. Yeah, okay. Love absolutely. It. Um, so my roommate Katie and I watched the whole series together. So we didn't have to wait as long in between for episodes. We just immersed ourselves in it from the start. Um, and I, I oh, mean, yeah. it was, I don't have a sense of fashion. Like this is, you can't see me, but she looks elegant and fabulous. Like Veranda. She's no, very God. black button up in jeans. She looks beautiful. And that is my uniform. Like that's as, as exciting as it will ever get. But I love to see the mm -hmm. fashion. I love it. Um, I just love the style and the feel and the relationships resonated so much for me, even though they were older watching it when I was in my early twenties, they were older and in yes. a different place in their life. But then it was aspirational. I was still living in Kansas city. I didn't have that big city life and I didn't have New York money and clothes. And, um, you know, we couldn't even eat. I mean, we were ordering little Caesars hot and ready pizzas, yeah. watching them go have Cosmos at the local hit bar. But, but I was watching it on HBO because my boyfriend, I was in college in Springfield, Missouri. My boyfriend had HBO because that's he, the reason to stay with them. fancy. Yeah. I met her, you know, he had AC, not just like a box unit. So he had AC, he had HBO. I was hooked. Uh, no. So I would watch it every Sunday night. I don't even know if he watched it with me, but I was just like staring at it, like magnetized. Like, what is this city? I have to get there, which I did later move to New York. And I think it was half because of the show. Like every other girl that was. This is making it. This yeah, is living in like your 20s was, and 30s. I mean, yeah. that show probably enticed like a generation of women to move to New York. And I was one of them. The girls were, were fabulous. The fashion was fabulous. The New York, which they always say is like the fifth character mm -hmm. of that sh of the show. It was just, it was magnetizing. So I loved it. I think they also just had so much 
confidence mm-hmm. in who they were that yes. was something I absolutely did not have in that time in my oh, life. Oh, yeah, me neither. Figuring out how to do my first, like, grown-up job and pay bills and, you know, just handle life. And they had it. I mean, they were struggling, obviously, with different kinds of issues. But, man, I wanted to feel that confident to just go out, date a ton. I never dated a lot like that either, so. Well, they had confidence, but at the same time, like, the sec- the the dating and the sex it was so it was also messy mm-hmm. you know like they would they would make a mistake and the guy wouldn't call back or he'd break up with you on a post it no. and I knew he, you were a burger girl oh god right he's a writer <laughs> he's a writer the stuff that would happen even though maybe you weren't broken up with on a post it note like something like that jarring had happened to you whether you're in Springfield Missouri or you're eating a little Caesar's hot and ready pizza like mm-hmm. it's still relatable like we all kind of do the same things when we're like like a guy or have a crush on a guy or or whatever it is or going through a breakup you know yeah. it's all still very relatable do you have a favorite i just mentioned the burger thing do you have a favorite of the old ones Oh God. I, they just brought it up actually on the new season when Carrie's diaphragm got stuck and Samantha had to help. Um, because I did find myself gravitating towards moments where they were physically embarrassed because Mm -hmm. that is so relatable, right? Like things aren't always perfect and easy, but, um, anytime where there's physical comedy involved or like living through one of those awful situations that we all know what that feels like to be inside of. I feel like they did it masterfully well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of them, I mean, they're so funny Mm -hmm. they're great actresses and they just make it feel authentic and real. Like you're cringing along with them and feeling all those things. Mm -hmm. I, when I was thinking about my answer to this, I liked the whole kind of like arc or season when, um, Carrie had the affair with Big when he was married to Natasha. I think just because it was like this, it was so much drama. You know, it was just kind of this like every week you were like, oh my God, is she going to get caught? Not that I was like supportive of what they were doing or anything like that. I'm thinking about the Hamptons episode with her in the cowboy hat when she runs into Natasha. Like that kind of high drama. Yes. Or, but remember when they get caught and she falls down the stairs? Yes. Yes. Like breaks her wrist. Yes. And it, it was just all so dramatic. Um, that whole season was just dramatic. And the, mm-hmm. the affair, Natasha finding out, and then um, I guess they, she breaks up with Aiden at the end. Um, so it was just a really, like, the storyline and the plot of that whole season was just really good. Right? Yeah. I put back on Sex and the City 1. Do they just call it that? The mm-hmm. first movie um, this weekend while I was just kind of like cleaning my apartment. And it's so good. It is just so freaking good. And I remember people kind of, people loved it, but people also panned the idea that Carrie would get left at the altar and then ultimately get back with him. But I mean, it's just done so well. The yeah. the whole like it it lives up to this series so well. Like it the doesn't back and forth of it all. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a long version of the series. Like it doesn't break anything from it. You know, like all, all it's it's really really well done. Besides the fact that you know he does this terrible thing and then she stays with him, but you know whatever. Yeah. But it's really good. I will go on record. I never like big. I thought he was awful. I didn't. Really? I liked the push and pull of her not being settled and 
like so did you not want her to marry him oh god no <gasps> oh no i didn't actually want her to end up with anyone okay. because i don't for me that's so not what it was about okay. i mean that was such an active part of the storyline throughout the entire show yeah but for me it was more about the women's relationships versus their relationships with the, the men yeah and how much i love that well that was kind of um that was kind of my thought about how we'll go back a little bit in a minute, but how perfect it was that he died in the first episode of the reboot because the show's ultimately about a single carry. Yeah. And it would be so boring if we were just watching a married carry. Oh, and we've never been happier. Yeah. I mean, he's gross. Yeah. Well, and and especially, especially. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And maybe I always knew in my heart. I think you just had like really good instincts. Okay, which brings me, we talked about the the past, the movies, the reboot, which brings, I mean, the past, the movies, which brings me to the reboot. Um, Ashley and I were emailing last week a little bit about this. And I said, are you watching the reboot? I think they ruined it. And (laughs) (laughs) Ashley said, I'm loving it. I'm loving every second of it. So um, we both watched what, I guess it's the first two episodes at this point. And you're loving every second of it. I am. So tell me this. Did you just not like the first two episodes or did you not like the first season? Of the I was going to say, let's back up. You're okay. right. What about, let's talk about last season. Mm-hmm. So you loved last season. Yes. Oh my God. Now, I love the new characters. And that were, that is a place where we might disagree too. Right. Um, there was too much stand up. So that, that is not no. my game. You can't... Okay, here's the thing. I don't need all that. I'm not the first person to say this, for sure. It is very hard to write stand-up. Uh-huh. And I'm not... These writers are clearly funny. And some of them may even be stand-up comedians. But it's hard to write stand-up in a movie. Like, And it's, it actually shocks me that the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is funny. I know. And I don't even necessarily think her stand-up is that funny in that show. But it still isn't cringy. Yes. It's like... You love the storyline. You get that she's funny for the time. You're in it. You love the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It is so hard to write a movie about a stand-up comedian and actually make it believable that they are funny. Right. Maybe the closest... You've watched Hacks, right? Yes. So I don't love her stand-up either, but that show works. Yes. And it is centrally about that, you know? And I... And maybe it's just because it's her... Yeah. <laughs> she could do no wrong. Yeah. Jean Smart. Yeah. She's amazing. So amazing. But yeah, the, the stand-up lift it right out. Right, yeah. And I think everyone's problems are solved. Well, and they did that for like one episode of this season. She delivered a joke. I will. I can literally tell you the joke right now. Okay. I'm so lazy that I take an Uber from <laughs> my know. living room to my bedroom. It was, and that was the end of her set. That I'm was like, the closer, or they. Sorry. Did my nine-year-old yeah. nephew, I don't uh-huh. even have a nine-year-old nephew, did he write that joke? Mm-hmm. Where, where is this joke from? Well, and even with the scenes revolving around their podcast, mm-hmm. it was so and So much we're still on last season. Last yeah, season, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It was so, like, old-school radio DJ, mm-hmm. like, waka waka. I don't need that. But I also felt like... That was maybe the part of the show. Like it was a natural fit for Carrie to just become a podcaster. Like that makes all the sense in the world, but it was weird to me, the continuity of her being this hip, 
cool, like sex writer. And then she sort of clams up and doesn't really lean into the evolution of that in the show. And I guess that was part of the story of her. I don't know why she didn't just have like, she had this column sex in the city. Why she didn't just have a one mic podcast where she was like, hi, I'm Carrie and just translate exactly what she did in her call. I know it's just, she did at the end. I mean, that's what it became, but I guess they just wanted to add characters, but it was an unnatural fit for her and became like, it felt forced because it kind of was forced because they wanted to add characters. Right. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I say at the top of this before you get on this podcast. <laughs> is here's my problem with it. I call it the um, rule of too many characters. Yeah. And I think I said this in my email back to you. Imagine that friends came back after 20 years mm-hmm. and it's our favorite people at Central Park plus four new characters. We would be like, I just, I'm, I don't, this feels so strange. I am very, yeah. very comfortable with the characters I know, and now you changed it. But do you not connect with the new characters? I like them a lot. I okay. like them a lot. That's I want not, them. I want them there. Cool. And then my argument also is Sarita Chowdhury as Seema can stay. Oh, my God. Amazing. Because she's Samantha. I will watch her all day. And I love her. I love her as an actress. I love everything about her. She's Samantha. She mm-hmm. can stay. So we have our foursome. And then the rest of the characters, I love them. I, I really do like them. But there are times that, like, I'll see the Lisa Todd Wexler is the name of the actress. Lisa Todd Wexler, who's the tall, beautiful mm-hmm. woman. Well, I'll see her and I'll go, has she even ever met Carrie? Like, I can't remember in my brain how she got there. And I think she's friends with Charlotte. She's friends with Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. And then Karen Pittman, who's the other actress, Nia Wallace. Her, her character's Nia Wallace. Yeah. Love her. Love, love her. her. Love the story. But I do the same thing. I look at her and I go... Wait, who does she know and how did she how do we connect her back to our main foursome? Yes. And I I miss the brunch table with the four girls making snide comments, then the cocktail table with the four girls making snide comments. And now it feels like I'm just watching these stories that I don't not like them. It's not that, yeah. but it it feels like friends changed the formula on me. So if they brought in characters that didn't work this would be a different conversation, right? But I think that they bring a lot to the table. And for me, part of it is the authenticity of how our lives and our friendships change, right? It's a good argument. So I don't want to be the same when I'm 55 Mm -hmm. as I am now. I want to have an evolution of relationships. And I think you and I will be friends forever, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen each other in ages. I yeah. mean, that's just the, that's the way that life works. And I think that's real. Mm-hmm. I think they're all in different places. They're meeting these different characters and different people and bringing them into their lives and fostering new relationships. Cause that's what really happens. And my friend Bev keeps telling me that when my daughter gets into like more into elementary school, I'm going to have to make parent friends. And I am adamantly against it. I was going to say, I kind of believe you won't. <laughs> I just know you. I'm just I, I have been rallying against this forever. I, I have enough friends I don't want anymore. I want to spend yep. more and better time with the friends than I have. 
but it happens and it happens to everybody. She's met this whole new circle of people that are in her life. She and I are still close, but we spend less time Mm -hmm. together because there's these other ancillary parts of our lives that are shooting off. And that's how life is. That's such a good argument, Ashley. It's the only thing I want to come out of this today. This conversation is for you to rewatch the first (laughs) season with a different mindset and like, just think about it as something different. Yeah. That is such a good argument because it's our, like, again, our friendship is different from then when we were 28, yeah. obviously we don't have time to sit around the brunch table and the cocktail table. Now, when we see each other, it's different. That is a very good point. That's a very good point. Charlotte's life is different. Carrie's life is different. Samantha's life is I can only call in for one season mm-hmm. if you pay me the right amount of money. And yeah. I'm into that. Um, we'll come back to Samantha in a minute. So I, I do get that. I will make one more argument for my thing. Okay. The rule of sitcoms is things don't change in sitcoms. Even if Friends was on for 10 years. Yeah. And those people never moved out of their shitty apartments right across the doors or right across the hall from each other. Even though the reality of those people, their lives would have changed every single year of their lives in New York. The rule of sitcoms is the characters' lives don't change. And that's what you love about it. Unless it's a (laughs) spinoff. Okay. And that's what this is. This is not sex in the city. Yes. This is something different. This is is that that. that weird show when Joey was having his spinoff for a season. Where Joey was the... What was he? He was. I don't, I don't remember either. Don't but know. he got his. Show. I think it was. I know. I oh, I, wa- I watched it. Now. Give me a break. Of course, I watched it. <laughs> but I think that's why they changed the name. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. they wanted to reframe it. And I just rewatched the first episode of the first season, and three different times they call out, "Why would we want to stay the same?" Oh wow. And I just want you to know I'm not changing the top of this podcast, but okay. <laughs> I really, really agree with you. I love this argument. I'm not changing the top of my podcast. Back to Samantha, which we didn't talk about. Mm. First of all, how much do you feel the weight of her missing in the reboot? And apparently we have a cameo coming up in yes. a couple episodes. How do you feel about it? I'm excited for the cameo. Mm-hmm. I love Samantha. I miss her. However, I miss her a lot less because you're right. Seema has just slid right into that role and sort of scratched an itch Mm -hmm. that I had. But I also, and this is maybe a kudos to the writers, the text exchanges that they have, I felt her presence. Mm -hmm. Like I really, I felt like I could see her on the other side of it. And I felt like they handled it in a respectful and an authentic way. I feel like, It was another one of those things for me where there being a rift in a group of four women that spent all of that time together is completely authentic. Like that, that is real. Is okay. Is it on the, on the show? Do they act like there was a rift? Yes, they do. Because Carrie fired her as her publicist. Right. And then she was done with Carrie. So she's moved away. (laughs) Yeah. But that's a little bit dramatic. I think there's probably more going on than that, but Though, like, it's so hard to have a group of four women that all stay together, they stay friends, they're all kind of equally close to each other, and I know they're all kind of centralized around Carrie's character, obviously, but that shit happens. I'm sorry, it's cursed. Can I curse? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Um, That felt true. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the 
the text exchanges were handled so gracefully. Like they did her right. Well, this is kind of apropos of nothing maybe, or apropos of this. Um, what I've learned about myself as I've gotten older is I can't watch sex scenes anymore. Oh, I know. I mean, I guess maybe I liked him when I was younger, but the minute I see something on screen, I ju- I turn my head or like bury it in a pillow. Like, I don't even know what an old woman or something, probably not like an old woman. Cause I think my mom's like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Bridgerton. Let's go. Yeah. A hundred percent. She loves it. <laughs> and I get so uncomfortable. I tell you what. I was appreciative of is we saw, we did see a lot of sex, which is true to form. Like that was something that carried forward from the series, but we saw penises. There Wait, were, whose penis? Two I was penises. probably burying my head in a pillow. Yeah. So we saw, well, I didn't, I didn't want to see penises, but at least it felt more equalizing because we only ever see female nudity, right? right? We saw Harry's penis and we saw the downstairs neighbor's boyfriend's penis. Okay. Full frontal, just out there. Well, and when you spoke of Miranda, Miranda getting out of the thing, I was like, way to go, Miranda. I mean, way yes. to go if that's what she wants to do. But like, I mean, just exposing, that was very exposing when she was getting out of that. Yeah. The whatever you call it, sensory the deprivation. sensory deprivation, hydrotherapy chamber. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you know that Nicole Ari Parker's husband is one of the leads from Hamilton? Christopher Jackson. I'm going to give you a Uh-oh. real controversial take right now. Well, um, you don't like him. I don't like Hamilton. This oh. is a diversion. Okay. I know you love the reboot of Sex in the City, but you don't like Hamilton. I don't like Hamilton. I was so bored. Oh, did you go to it or I did went. you watch it on Disney? No, I didn't see it in New York, but I saw it. Here. I saw it. Yeah. Okay. I saw it here. I, mm-mm. I'm just, a, I'm a hard pass. Now, I don't oh love God. musicals. Okay. Well, that's Again, it was a Christmas gift for a group, and we all went, and everyone, I think, loved it but me. Oh, my God. I just <sighs> think I've seen it twice, and then when it came out on Disney, I watched it, like, on repeat forever. <sighs> I could sing all the words right now if you wanted me to. No. But Christopher Jackson is the original lead. He's the original I did gen- not know that. He's the general. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I am very curious as to your favorite or the arc of Carrie's relationships over the years. Mm. Who did you like? Who did you want her to spend more time with? Who did Mm. she dismiss? Should she have ended up with anyone with big? Mm, That's a good question. Well, so Aiden is supposedly coming back. Yeah. So I'll ask you first. Are you happy that he's supposedly coming back? Are you like, because people are usually like an Aiden or big Stan. Yeah. Um, you don't really like Aiden. I, I can like, tell by your face. I like John Corbett. <laughs> um, I, I didn't mind them together, but it just, it sort of reminded me of uh, an old boyfriend of mine where we were together, but I could see that there was no way we would grow together. Mm-hmm. Like we are not the same people. Like we have the same interests right now, but we will not. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine a world in which they would come together now and it would be okay. There's, yeah. there's too much history. I don't think you can really break up with somebody and get back together and things are different and better and magically repaired. And I know a lot of people go back and forth because it, doesn't ever work the second time. I just, I don't think that there's a history there. I don't think I need that history. Mm-hmm. Come and do a cameo. 
Because I, I liked your character, like watching you, but I don't need you to be a love interest. Again, I don't think I need her to have a love interest. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to be more of a, like, they bump into each other and sleep together, or if it's, like, he's he's the, her partner this season. Yeah. Like, I wonder what it's going to be. I feel the same way as you. I like a single Carrie, and I almost, mm-hmm. whenever this show ends, I hope it's Carrie sitting on a front porch with Miranda. You yeah. know, I hope that's, like, her soulmate. And Those are, that's forever. Yeah, and yeah. that makes sense to me. Charlotte, it, they'll keep her. They'll keep her with Harry, which, I think so which makes the most sense. They seem solid. Yeah, I. Um, so you didn't answer. Did you root for one guy or another? I did root for eight. You did. Okay. I did, and I was really upset when when she was doing all that stuff to Aiden. I, I was know. like, really? I was. I was. In you were the, feeling his feelings. Yeah, I was in the mad camp for sure. Man. I um, loved everything about season one and so far season two, except um, I was curious about your feelings. The transformation of Miranda getting into a relationship with Che, I felt like was all of the arc she needed to have. I did not love the alcoholism shoehorned in there. And I almost forgot about it. It felt so weird. Like, it was a problem, a problem. It escalated very quickly, and then it was over. There was no struggle. She just stopped drinking. Everything's fine. Like, we didn't see any of the aftermath of that, and that's what I did not like about the first season, is that was too much. It was unnecessary. I liked her sort of sexual awakening and her you know, finding a new path for her life and finding love and Che. And that's great. We didn't need all the other stuff. I feel like this is what they did. Well, first of all, I totally agree with the alcoholism because then in this season, well, so far what they, all they've done with it, maybe she falls off the wagon. Maybe there's a whole thing about it, but they, all they show is they, she's kind of, she goes to a meeting. Yeah. Um, and literally, I was like, oh, God, I forgot that whole alcoholism storyline. Right. We like, didn't need what? it. Oh, my God. Miranda's an alcoholic. Or pick one or the other. Right. right? Like, yeah. Those are two giant <laughs> Come on. Things. These are big things. Yeah. I feel like the writers sat in a room, and maybe this is how you're supposed to do it. Maybe this is what they, you should do. They sat in a room and said, okay, what is our audience going through as 50-something-year-old women? Like, mm. what could they possibly be going through? And I Right I, after the pandemic, right after. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, lots of women are struggling with alcoholism, which is true. Yeah. There is like a late in life lesbian thing going on, which is also true. Mm-hmm. Um, These are the themes we must work in. Right. Um, I think they did menopause last year, right? Did yeah. Charlotte have menopause? Yeah. menopause? She had a flash period. Yeah. It? Let's talk about menopause, which I think would be kind of a real thing for yeah. them to address. And they could definitely do it in a funny way. And they were like whiteboarding it out and then kind of like jammed it all in here you know it it didn't some of it just didn't land and they didn't need to do it all at once all at once yeah like i don't know if we're gonna have another season so we have to talk about all of the relevant social issues in 10 episodes in 10 episodes yeah the evolution of sex in the city the series too and just like that the series was the issues that they dealt with not all of them were light but it was a lighter show then because it was dating and figuring out your life and your relationships and your career and all of that as they wait 20 years Mm -hmm. and 
they come back to these women who are dealing with very different issues and deeper issues. I think there was like, there was a pressure to tackle all of them because those are the issues now that we're growing into. Mm -hmm. They're deeper and more impactful. They, they, and they are. And like I said, the, those women, us, their audience definitely is dealing with them. I, what I wonder is like, it's the same audience probably that like watches Bravo and just wants to zone out. And I wonder if like, do they not really want to see themselves reflected on screen? Like, would they rather it was just a little bit more sex in the city of yesteryear? And I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, I don't think that they're leaning on the comedic abilities of the women as much as they could Yeah, in the new series. Mm-hmm. But personally, I don't want them to have, be tackling the same issues that they were yeah. in their thirties and forties, because again, I don't want to be tackling the same issues 20 years from now either, but I like the evolution of it. I, and it is, I think it is what I wanted, mm-hmm. but again, I went into it with, Maybe that's why I like all the Bravo shows and all <laughs> is because I don't generally come in with any kind of expectation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm excited to see them again, but I don't think about what it will be or kind of imagine that and play it out in my head. Yeah. And I say a little bit about this in the blog, like the representation of it all. Like I definitely see that and it's what sex and the city got wrong years ago. Like you don't go to New York and not see every kind of person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there were times I would get on the subway and I was the only blonde person. So they definitely got representation wrong the first time. Yeah. They didn't have a representation of what New York looked like. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, that was ridiculous. So this time, I feel like they were like, well, we have to have what the city actually looks like and feels like and like what it actually looks like when you step out your door and their cast did not look like that. And I respect, I respect the hell out of that. And that was not, that's not my issue with it at all. My issue was the rule of too many characters, which you kind <laughs> of talked which you definitely swayed my opinion on. Good. And we have more common ground than I thought. Almost. Yeah. Wow. Really nice. <laughs> this is what happens when you talk it out. I know. You see each other's perspectives, right? I know. We can wrap it up, but is there anything else you're watching that's really juicy right now? Oh, man, I'm really excited about the new or the return of Below Deck Down Under. Okay. With Hot Captain. Okay. Have you gotten into the Below Decks? I mean, okay, I watched, I've watched, like, okay, I watched Below Deck with Hannah. Remember okay. Hannah? Yeah. I was very into, like, that whole thing, but there's, like, 15 different below decks. Uh-huh. There's I like watch them below all. deck speedboat. I yeah. mean, I can't, I don't know. I can't keep up. Sailing yacht, Sailing. Mediterranean, I mean, like old school where, traditional. Where, what, what should I adventure. Be? You should watch them all. I have to watch them all. Yeah. Oh my God. For sure. Don't start at the beginning. You can jump in right now. Right now. Because there's so much turnover in the cast. Oh and that's the point. I mean, it's, it's the sort of upstairs, downstairs. Right. Drama of it all. And I think the same reason I like Vanderpump is that these are, young, attractive people making really poor choices and just mm. jumping into bed with everybody and drinking too much and doing all these wild things I didn't really do. Right. Um, but God, it's fun to watch. Them. It's so fun to watch people make mistakes, isn't it? They're dewy youth just making bad choices up and down. Okay. Here's what I coast. always think about on the low deck yacht, um, the low deck anything is 
the hangovers must be so brutal when you're on a boat. When you're on a boat, but it's a big enough boat. I don't care how big that boat is. I am barfing off the side. But so did you feel hangovers like that when you were 22? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I was like 25 when it would just put me out for two days. Um, It's it's a fun show. One more question. Yeah. (laughs) Who wins in a cage match? (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk? Oh, God. I hope they just tire each other out and collapse in a pathetic heat. But you've heard about it. Yes, I have. I mean, did you... The, your first reaction was it our world is ending because that was mine. Oh, God. Um, honestly, I think it will be Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And I think there's just a, a scrappiness that I see in his heart and soul. Like, yeah. you just throw your friends right under the railroad tracks, yes. you know? Um, I think he'll fight dirty. He was definitely bullied a lot. So I think, yeah. He's got so much rage. I feel like <laughs> they both do. Um, well, Ashley, this was fabulous. I'm sure I'll have you over again for our sparkling water and sparkling conversation. I'd love to. Um, thanks for overthinking with me this week. Until next time, wishing you all good thoughts. <laughs>